So here's the question. In the print and packaging supply chain, how do we deliver new ideas and innovative practices to continually improve your profit, your brand, and your quality? Welcome to the Gamut Podcast, and I am your host, Jeff Collins, Director of Print Technologies for ID Alliance. We are a nonprofit global think tank serving the graphic communications industry with 12 offices strategically located around the world to better support our membership. You can support the Gamut Podcast and content like this by becoming a member at ID Alliance by going to www.idalliance.org. Today's episode is sponsored by Kodak. Kodak is a global technology company focused on print and advanced materials and chemicals. They provide industry-leading hardware, software, consumables, and services primarily to customers in commercial print, packaging, publishing, manufacturing, and entertainment. In this episode of the Gamut Podcast, we discuss the importance of moving from TVI-based specifications like FOGRA to near-neutral calibration or G7 calibration. And here are some clips from previous guests discussing their experience when they made that move. To get started, Michael Ruff, a global pioneer and expert in grand format and screen printing, discusses the incredible value and confidence that was gained when they moved from ISO TVI-based specifications to G7 to align color across different technologies. And I've seen the ver- first big change in our business in 2006 when Don Hutchison made a contribution to the print industry. Uh, in G7 technology, and that's actually the biggest driver of confidence that I see right now. It, uh, at that mm-hmm. time, it was uh, not fully integrated, but now all the RIP manufacturers are on board with analog and digital workflows now that accept the G7 as a valuable tool. It's working tremendously with the quality of the color management tools and software. All of those things support G7 now. When I started in that, it was only 12 years ago. And uh, what was amazing was just the transformation that I've seen in the grand format industry. Uh, see, I taught color cra- uh, calibration through targeting the dot gain and density. It's very similar to the ISO methodology of offset litho. Right. Now, we did experience good results in the grand format industry because they were a little bit behind the industry because they were just measuring mostly density and then they would do a a bump or a cut value similar to offset. But a screen print and even a digital curve is much different than that. It's not an exact match. It's going to get a nice, smooth, good-looking print, but it wasn't possible to be actually visibly accurate by controlling the solids in the TVI. And what we were trying to match was chromalins and match prints. So uh, when we were back in the days using dot gain and TVI to dial uh, the press in or to dial color in, whether it's to match a chromalin or a match print or maybe even a uh, previously printed piece, Sometimes we would get, you know, the dot gain numbers right, but we would also compromise, you know, a key metric or the key thing in color reproduction, which is gray balance. 
Well, that all changed in 2006 when Don uh, introduced the G7 methodology. I don't think it was even called that back then, but uh, the way I found out about it is I was actually reading an offset magazine, and I read about uh, Don and the ISO members of the Print Properties Group going out and testing gray balance uh, on offset presses across the country. And the, the difference was they were evaluating the color of the solids, not the density. And and they were also evaluating the, the three-color CMYK overprints they called the triplets, and that was in LAB also for tonality and balance. And so when, when I read about that, I, I, I knew the problems that we were having in our industry were related to change, dramatic changes, actually, in the substrates and the inks that we were having to use every day. So when I read that, I thought, oh, that just hit me like a George Foreman punch in the left ear. <laughs> uh, you know, I knew it would work in the screen print world. I didn't have to be condensed. Nobody had to show me. Just the concept was enough for me. So I got on my horse and I went to Chicago and, and to the man ruling G7 class. And I got trained by Don and, you know, some of the people there were not very encouraging. They said, you know, you can't do this in screen printing. Well, actually, they were wrong because. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. After I got trained, I started using the great balance method. And it was exciting because I could see the improvement in common visual appearance on screen and digital presses. So uh, this began to move our industry forward in a. And I believe the whole industry, when we started getting on board on this, we started believing that we could make acceptable reproductions of that 12647-2 proof. And so that began to, to build what, what I call unwavering confidence. And in this clip, we hear from Niall Cody of MPX Color discussing the differences between implementing G7 methodology for calibrating inkjet and UV offset compared to using TVI-based specifications and standards like FOGRA and ISO or PSO. We are working with a large, uh, well, an, an enormous company, an international company that is a print management company. They're working on behalf of one particular large brand, and um, they've asked me to do some work with a multitude of different suppliers that are p point of sale. Now, my name is Cody. I, I might as well be Wild Bill or Buffalo Bill Cody because um, the Wild West is what I would class the large format market to be. <laughs> you know, the different rips, the very complicated workflows, the different printing technologies themselves, ink substrates. I mean, Jesus, I've been into a place where the substrates stacked on top of each other looked like a collage of colors. It was unbelievable. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. And just walking in to where they store their, their rolls and the different substrates, it's it boggles the mind how they keep track of all the different uh, 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 substrates. I've got the answer for you, though, Jeff. Give the answer. Yeah. The answer is G seven because, of course, G seven doesn't have a paper. It doesn't have an ink. And uh, you know, I, I I'm not preaching about it. I really, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm very impressed with G seven. It's uh, I've known Don Hutchinson since uh, 2002 or something, and never really touched on the subject with him. Um, but sitting down and and having a bit of time with Ron Ellis was very very useful for me. And uh, I immediately saw the light, uh, if you will. And um, the 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 way it was explained was not the way it had been 
been explained to me in the past. And I saw immediately all the pitfalls in how uh, a FOGRA implement, implementation, well, it's not bad, but uh, certainly, you know, the pitfalls of that type of implementation, uh, in at least in the offset and, and, and the digital t- type of environment. Um but I just, you know, I, I've, I, I really do believe that in the POS uh, side of uh, the business, that G7 is the key and the answer. I've literally been on four sites since I did my training uh, with this large uh, print management company and doing presentations and practical demonstrations of how G7 works uh, using Bruce Bain's spot on t- technology and using um, Steve Upton's curve yeah. uh, technology. Um, and of course, color logic as well. I mean, Thorsten has got the math down for G7 pat as far as i'm concerned um and i've been showing the the independently showing these people how this works and actually this morning i got my first purchase order for uh, a large uh, and very well known uh point of sale company in the north of england in who pushed the button on and on, on going g7 and the big brand for the big print management company to be educated and perhaps to convince that G7 is the way to go here in the UK as well as well literally their company in every other country in the world and uh, so you know it, things look good for G7 in the UK and I think for yeah. perhaps uh, I might be able to solve this wild west issue with G7 the best dock gain in the world on any instrument um, on my offset press um, and I can have the dock gain perfect and I can have the endpoints of the color perfect but for some reason I don't seem to get the gray and of course and he says the reason for that of course is that the methodology in in the fogra approach does not account for uh or indeed should i say i shouldn't say the fogra approach i mean in the actual God, physical TBI. standard itself yeah, tbi uh, 12472 it doesn't talk about uh the trap of the inks and how the inks trap together and of course in pos for me i was working on uv lithopress right so uv is going to trap very differently to the standard offset so um the light bulb just went on at that point and i could see why we were failing all the grays and why things were really really not coming into play so the first one i literally i'd I've been back a couple of days from Belgium in the training. I, I literally had gone to uh, Rick Habmaker at Chromix and said, right, I need a set of your software there and I'm going to go in and I'm going to give this a shot. I walked onto that site. Um, I walked onto that site and within about three hours, we had his press calibrated and um, their onset, their Fuji onset digital machine calibrated. I had to put the digital silk, uh, we were working on silk paper just for the sake of doing the test. Yeah, I had to put the digital paper over the offset and it was such a good match that the client just couldn't believe what he was saying. I mean, he'd never seen that. I mean, as you can imagine on UV offset and for a digital application, we'd use the profiles and we'd get the gray pretty good. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But never without a profile had he seen a gray balanced or a neutral balance. And it kind of clicked for him too. things like, well, I said to him, look, we could take advantage of the full gamut of the press. We could, uh, the digital press that is by um, balancing the gray and just not having a profile in place. Or you could have a profile in place if you wanted to use, for instance, G7 targeted or the color space type of approach. Um, I started to explain this and he started to get very interested in it. And I could see that light bulbs were going on in his head as well. And for me, look, I'm purely, I I don't, I don't have a a degree in color science. I've just been doing this for so long that if I wasn't good at it, I might as well just go home now. (laughs) So I'm very practical in the way I implement technologies is the point that I'm trying to make. And uh, when I see a client get as excited as I am about a, about a, the results of a system in place, I know that we're onto a winner. 
In this clip, we hear from Kay Pantelis-Selvin, the Managing Director for ID Alliance South Asia, sharing his experience in India moving from PSO and ISO TVI-based specifications to G7. Uh, when we do an ISO calibration, we see the skin tones are slightly reddish, whereas uh, when we do on G7, it looks neutral and it looks good. And uh, since we do calibration in digital, inject, your uh, offset, flexogravier, after all, aligning, I mean, when I compare all the samples side by side, I see uh, the picture looks very closer to each other. I mean, we have a, a understanding that... Uh, image printed in one substrate, the uh, image printed in same image printed in another substrate on the same machine will not look same. The image printed in one process and image printed in other process doesn't look same. But after G7, when I compare all in my all the G7 expert training programs, I show them this is the flexo printed in this machine, this is the graver printed in Bangkok, this is printed in Mumbai graver, this is printed in Delhi, this is an offset Delhi, this is an offset Chennai. I keep all the samples side by side, mm-hmm. and they look very close to each other. And this is what amazing. Number two, while G7 expert training program. I show them uh, both in the uh, offset or a graver of Flexo and a digital. So I keep a digital sample, calibrated and verified certified sample of digital. And then after run two, I keep the final sample of run two of the Flexo or a graver or offset. I see. Which participants have an idea that it doesn't match. When they see, they're very astonished. They're very happy to see that. And this is, uh, I, I mean, the, and the results are so convincing that the participants are happy. And in this episode, we hear from press expert Michael Eichler discuss the complications using TVI-based specifications and standards compared to G7 and all-set litho environments. So give me your first impression of using G7 methodology to calibrate and what were some of the advantages that you immediately saw once you got your hands around it? I mean, before G7, we all used the tedious TEVI method. So first of all, it was very time consuming and uh, there was no easy way around it. Measurements had to be taken uh, in each color, in each screen value, and then with this in hand, a curve had to be plotted, then it was more or less a little bit of guesswork involved. And yeah, it got very complicated with the introduction of different screen sets, for example, stochastic screening. Yes. Then it was uh, a lot of, I would say, measurements, trial and error, time-consuming and tedious approach. Doing a TVI curve on a regular screen set, uh, we're talking about at least a day from scratch uh, mm-hmm. with a stochastic screen. We, we, we were talking about like two days uh, forward and backwards till we finally had a match. You know, we were doing TVI and then now we're, you know, looking at high line screen frequencies, 300, 600 LPI uh, with conventional screening and then our 10 micron and 20 micron. So, you know, the screening was a variable. And then, of course, you have factors like ink set as well as the substrates that are also factors when we're developing tone curves. So we've got all these variables working with you at uh, the demo center. We could get anything under the sun, depending on what the customer wanted to see. Yes. 
<laughs> you got that right. And anything, everything possible under the sun. So we were pretty much uh, approached with a full variety of substrates, not being limited to paper or boards, but also including plastics, metals, sometimes wood. Uh, <laughs> anything was possible to be printed on and offset printing. And not only this, uh, we also had the challenge of different inks. I'm talking about conventional inks, waterless inks, UV inks, uh, exotic inks sometimes, yeah. like uh, supplementa- uh, supplementation inks, and uh, small printing presses. We operated large format printing presses. We had the card digital press with direct imaging and waterless printing. So all those different technologies and different printing processes for the extra challenge on the color reproduction. You know, when we're talking about alignment of color, and you just described uh, a huge amount of variables, and many of our customers are faced with these, right? They don't just have one technology under the roof for one application. It's a very diverse uh, product line and uh, equipment that goes along with that. Going back to aligning that color on all those different scenarios mm-hmm. that you just described, sometimes, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you probably got close enough, as close as you could, time depending, and then you just went with it. And often, maybe things weren't perfect and that was you know, caught by the customer. Why doesn't this press match that? Did G7 methodology help resolve that? Oh, absolutely, Jeff. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, you and I at the time, we were a little bit skeptical about what is G7. Uh, it's probably just something nice and new and shiny and not so technical. And let's give it a try. So after going our initial trial period, test period, and also education, in G7, IPA became an instant fan and embraced the technology and still love it today because it's so simple, uh, but yet a very powerful way to achieve a good match, which is in the entire process was a device independent and process independent. That's key thing here. For the first time, we have a method that allows uh, achieving a good color match across different pieces of equipment and different technologies. So it can be applied to dry offset printing, wet offset printing, UV, conventional, but it also can be done in flexo, screen printing, and you name it. So this is awesome. And um, we uh, found it very easy easily to do or very easy to do uh, very quick and it gets you almost instantly a result that was uh, a closer match and better than compared to the TVI method we used to run uh, till then in a fraction of the time. Different technologies in printing, blending together. So we have machines that have in one machine inkjet technology for printing Mm -hmm. and also offset technology for printing. And all this has to be color managed. Yes. And now it all comes back, it all comes back to the print buyer. Uh, who is dealing with the final piece that has been printed. And print buyers believe in the similarity of the visual appearance across all the different print products. This is so critical. And we also know that uh, the typical print buyer is distributed geographically all over the world now, different uh 
continents even. Mm-hmm. And uh, is dealing with all different print technologies and different types of printing, and they all try, they always try to achieve a close visual match in all locations in all different print processes. So we all know that substrate, gamut, and other print characteristics will vary for all the different print products. But uh, if all the print products have the same gray balance and neutral tonality as defined by G7, they will look remarkably alike to the human eye. And this is key for going global and embracing all the different print technologies to have the visual appearance. Thanks for listening to the Gamut Podcast. If you have ideas, suggestions, or would like to join us or even sponsor future podcasts, simply email me at jcollins at idealliance.org. That's J-C-O-L-L-I-N-S at idealliance.org. Take care and have a productive day.